Welcome to the official podcast channel of the Australian Physiotherapy Association, the latest in clinical, academic and health leadership, giving you access to preeminent physiotherapy research from Australia and across the globe. While the benefits of exercise for pregnant women are well publicised, perhaps the advantages of water-based movement are less renowned. According to APA member Amanda Breeley and her recent observational study published in the Journal of Physiotherapy, the buoyancy properties of water herald unique benefits for pre- and postnatal women. In what follows, Amanda is joined by Associate Professor Mark Elkins, editor of the journal, as the pair elaborate on how the former's research is helping inform current best practice guidelines. Can you start by telling us the reason you decided to do this study? Yes, well, the reason for doing the study was a guideline that was issued by the Royal Australian College and New Zealand College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists that was around in the mid-2000s. And this guideline stated that pregnant women should not be exercising in water temperatures that are greater than 28 degrees Celsius. So being a physiotherapist who is taking aqua classes in community pools and other physios around Australia, as well as pregnant women, um, we we became quite concerned at this guideline. Previously, the guideline had stated 30 degrees, and the British College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, the Royal Royal British College, um, have a guideline of 32 degrees as a maximum temperature. So 28 degrees was a little bit of came out of the blue, and um, it 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 was a restrictive guideline because most community swimming pools are heated around 30 degrees, maybe 29 to 31 degrees, but around 30. So 28 was uh, was quite low and restrictive. Um, so when we looked at um, trying to find out why this guideline was, was written, um, we looked at the literature and there, was, there were no studies that uh, looked into the effect of water temperature and varying water temperatures on thermoregulation during aerobic exercise in pregnant women, aqua-aerobic exercise. Um, so the lack of, the lack of studies prompted this research and this guideline. So that's quite a discrepancy, 28 degrees versus 32 degrees. Um, Mm. It really sounds like the experts are just plucking numbers out of the air and sticking them in a consensus document because they don't have any evidence to go on. Yes. So it sounds like a brilliant justification for your study needing to be done. Before we get into the details of your study, can you just remind us about the benefits of exercising in water for pregnant women? I suppose one of them is buoyant buoyancy for their changed body proportions but are there other benefits of exercising in water? Yes there are lots of benefits. Exercising in water is fantastic for the pregnant woman. Um, As you said Mark buoyancy is is wonderful because of the comfort and the ability to exercise for longer during pregnancy um, because with the changing and growing body shape um, women can exercise comfortably right up to full term, whereas they may not be as comfortable on the land with a heavier heavier body. Um, also, the low impact is very um, safe for exercising um, in relation to pelvic floor and also pelvic girdle joints. So there's a safety factor there with buoyancy. Other fantastic benefits are the hydrostatic pressure that water provides. And hydrostatic pressure causes a um, which increases with depth so that you have pressure on the on the especially around the the lower limbs um, 
This causes a redistribution of fluid from the extravascular space back into the circulation. Um, so that helps to reduce swelling that is very common in pregnant women, especially in the third trimester. It also helps to increase the cardiac output. It increases the blood volume, therefore increases the cardiac output, increases central blood flow, which is a protective mechanism for the fetus. So that uh, with exercise, if there was stress on the body and redistribution of blood flow to the periphery and to the muscles, in the water this doesn't occur as much and the, water, and the blood is redistributed to the, to the centre, to the uteroplacental blood flow. So it's a very safe um, medium to be working in in regards to fetal well-being. And the other really good benefit of exercising in water, when the water is the right temperature, and that's what my study was about, is that water actually helps to dissipate exercise-induced body heat. And so it keeps the, the pregnant woman's um, core temperature at, um, within safe limits. Water actually dissipates heat much more quickly than air does, up to 25 times faster. So that's the other safety um, mechanism for, for exercising in water, keeping the body cool, not overheating. Great. Can you, can you briefly summarise then what you measured in the study? Yes, we measured the tympanic temperature of pregnant women doing aerobic exercise. And the tympanic temperature is um, measured in the ear, and that's a good, um, a good measure of core temperature. Um, the tympanic membrane is close to the, to the brain, and to the, um, so it's a good measure of core temperature. Uh, we measured the temperature um, of uh, the pregnant women before they got into the pool to get their, their basal core temperature or basal tympanic temperature, uh, resting temperature, and then we measured their temperature after they'd done 35 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic exercise in the pool. We measured it a third time uh, at the end of the aqua aerobics class, which was a 45-minute class. So they exercised aerobically for 35 minutes and the last 10 minutes of the class was more um, gentle exercise such as pelvic floor exercises, deep water relaxation and gentle mobility and cool-down exercises and stretches. So we measured, that was the, the third measurement. They were still in the water but they had um, finished, the, finished the 45 minutes of of exercise uh, and the fourth measurement was after they had got dressed and they were ready to leave the facility. Okay so how many women did you measure and how many pools or how many sites were, were they spread across? We had seven pools, um, community pools throughout Melbourne suburbs and um, we measured 109 um, pregnant women in their second and third trimesters um, we measured one woman only once, so individual women, and this took about 18 weeks to get all of the measurements. Wow, that's pretty slick, slick work, mm. 18 weeks, that's Thank good. You. And so you had pool, different pool temperatures across those sites? Yes, each of the pools varied slightly. They varied in their air and humidity temperatures. We measured those temperatures as well, the, um, as well as measuring the water temperature of the pools and 
the range of pool temperatures was between 28.8 degrees Celsius and 33.4 degrees Celsius. Wow, so the, so the Australian guidelines were basically saying <laughs> yeah. every pool is beyond <laughs> what it. it should be. Wow. <laughs> so what did you find with the temperature rise in the, in the exercising women? Was it safe or not safe? Well, we found that temperatures actually did increase with the 35 minutes of moderate intensity exercise. The mean increase in temperature was only very small. It was 0.16 degrees Celsius rise after 35 minutes of exercise. And we found that then measuring it again after the 10 minute cool down, this temperature was the same. It was still a small, that small increase of 0.16 degrees Celsius. So yes, there was a small temperature and a significant temperature rise, but very, very small. And we were really, there was a, there was a variation. Um, that, that was the mean temperature rise. There was a variation amongst the individuals. We found that the highest increase in temperature was 1.2 degrees Celsius just in one woman at one time after the 35 minutes and then in a different woman after the end of the exercise. So there were two, two temperatures that were higher than the rest. But importantly, this temperature rise was not uh, reaching our cutoff, which was 1.5 degrees Celsius above resting temperature. And this is the um, value that has been given to perhaps a potential for um, harmful effects on the fetus. If body temperature rises more than 1.5 degrees Celsius above the resting core temp- resting woman's maternal temperature, it may be harmful. So we didn't get to that temperature ever. And um, yeah, which is, so they all had a safe, inc- small increase in temperature. So that's fantastic. So everybody was safe and there was a little, even a little margin for um, error at the top there. So that's great. Was there a trend for like the hotter pools or the hotter air temperature around the pools to make some people rise, the temperatures rise more in the, at those sites or was it just no. u- uniform? Well, there didn't seem to be. It was um, interesting. I thought that in one of the pools we used um, was higher and I was pleased to be able to get that pool just to make it, you know, a, um, a greater variation in, in temperatures. And I did expect um, the women in that group to have a greater rise in temperature, you know, and, and I've, we found that, no, they didn't. Their, their temperature rise was exactly the same temperature rise um, as the women exercising in the cooler water temperature pools. So in retrospect, it looks like a lovely streamlined study design, but I know that research of, researchers often strike a few potholes along the road of research. Did you have any unexpected problems in conducting the research? Did some pools refuse to participate or did you have any other issues were women concerned about their temperatures being measured or anything well actually it was very smooth we didn't have many problems at all the only the main problem that I had was um, if uh, and it happened on several occasions when water got splashed into the woman's ear by mistake or just you know vigorous exercise and with the water in the ear the temperature reading was then not valid and I remember one woman suddenly got great measurements from her and I was about to measure her <clears throat> final temperature 
and um, she suddenly duck-dived and started swimming and wanted to sort of cool down, so she was out of the study too. Oh, well. Um, that all, things like that always happen, <laughs> but it yeah, um, sounds pretty, like it was pretty tight and according to the protocol in general, so that's wonderful. Mm. The other thing I really like about this paper is it shows that you can generate evidence that guides clinical practice without necessarily doing a randomised trial, and I think... Um, you couldn't get a better example than this paper because it's incredibly reassuring that all those pools now know that they can set their water temperature within this range and it'll be safe for women, so I just think it's great. So I think you thoroughly set out to answer the question that you proposed at the beginning of the study, but have you thought about any further research in this area or are there any other questions that need to be addressed following on from this study? I think that... um Water exercise is fantastic for all pregnant women and it's especially good for uh, women who may be overweight, perhaps, you know, the um, obesity um, problem. And exercising in water for, for these women is particularly good because there's low impact on their joints and it's comfortable and it's possible to exercise quite comfortably. However, increased body fat um, may have a different thermoregulation um, in that um, one, of the, one of the factors that influences or affects thermoregulation is increased subcutaneous fat levels. So these women may have slightly different um, temperature needs of water temperature and um, our study really didn't look at that. We looked at more of a just the normal sort of population rather than subgroups. Another subgroup could be uh, sedentary or or low fitness levels. People with low fitness levels also thermoregulate less effectively. So these two groups could be looked at in more detail and I think that would be good. Okay, well, look, thanks so much for your time and for submitting such a great paper to the journal. We were absolutely thrilled to receive it and um, I know it was really well received by the reviewers as well. So um, I hope and I'm sure that it will influence physiotherapy practice. So it's a terrific story. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Mark. To find out more, visit physiotherapy.asn.au.